Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. Go with me, if you would, over to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews chapter 5. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5. I want to, to talk to you today, and this is a message I've preached a few times, but it's one that uh, uh, needs to be repeated from time to time. And it's, it's about how to receive the most from your church and from coming to church. In other words, we assemble together for a, for a reason. And God wants us to receive when we come together. And, uh, you know, things that are important in life, things that are worth our effort, uh, re, are worth our best, best effort. You know, there are a lot of things you do in life that uh, are entertainment-based, and it really doesn't matter whether you receive anything or not. You know, you, you can go to the movies and, and you're entertained, but as far as receiving any benefit from it, you really don't. Uh, and there are a lot of things in life that are that way. But there are other things in life that uh, you can do, but if you don't give it your best, you're not going to receive what you need. And there are important things that you need to receive. Now, little children, you know, have to go to school. We, en- we enroll them in school when they're just little kids, you know. And, and as they uh, move up, you know, through the grades, a lot of times they, they don't really enjoy going to school. Some, some, now, some kids do and some don't. But I think everybody has experienced times, you know, when going to school, you really didn't want to go. And uh, parents have to push their children. Isn't that right? Encourage them and, and, and motivate them to give school their best effort. Because, you know, if you, you can go through school and complete the program and not give it much effort and you won't receive much. And uh, that may be appealing in the short term, but in the long term, that's not very good. Isn't that right? We all know people that went through school and didn't receive much and didn't apply themselves much and their lives show it today. And then there are other people that went to school and really studied hard and worked at it and, and, and were serious about it and their lives today reflect that. Isn't that right? And so it's that way. It's that way in other things in life. If you own a business, you know, and you're, you're in business, you want your, you want your business to be successful. You have to really apply yourself. If you start a business and you don't advertise and you do sloppy work and you're just kind of half-hearted and, and you just show up every day and it's your business, your business is not going to, there's not many people in business that do that because they don't last. But when someone uh, uh, starts a business, they usually have a desire to accomplish something and, and to receive something from that and have a benefit as well as providing a service, but they provide a service to benefit themselves. And so they apply themselves and they give it their best effort. Well, we ought to give church our best effort. Yes. Amen. Amen. How do you receive? How, how do you, when you come to church, you can come to church and be in services and even attend regularly and not really impact your life. 
And, and you can come to any particular service. And the Lord has something for you in that service. But if you don't go after it, if you don't apply, if you don't uh, operate and employ the steps that are necessary to receive from God, you know, you can come out of that service just like you went into it. If you ever been in service before and, and, uh, and after the service, you heard somebody say, oh, wow, that was just a great service today. That was so blessed. I mean, you know, the message was so good. I got so much out of that. And you thought to myself, I didn't get anything out of that. Have you ever thought that before? Now, come on, be honest. Yeah, you probably thought, I didn't get anything out of that. Well, what was the difference? The difference is one person was, was applying the, these principles I'm going to talk about today, and, other, the other, and you weren't. Amen. And so we, uh, we need to be diligent when we come and assemble together because God has something for us. He has, he has like, I, like I said when I, when I was praying today, uh, just a, minute, a moment ago, there's revelation, there's direction in our lives. And we all depend on direction from the Spirit of God. And so uh, there are some things that you can do that will help you receive the most uh, from your church and, and from a particular church service. You know, we ought to have good services. Amen. You have a service, you know, when, in, and there are things that are just in the natural that can interfere with a church service. And, uh, and, I, and I think probably the, the praise and worship team today would probably uh, bear witness of this, that whenever the crowd is, is slim like it is today, it affects people just up here in the brain. And, and this is sort of a, well, there's nobody here and, you know, not many people here and what's, you know, what's going on. And, it, and, 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 and there's just, it affects. And so because of that, people don't really apply themselves but I guarantee you, we come in here next Sunday, this place was packed, every seat taken, people standing around the, the, the walls. I'm telling you, I could get up here and, and sing Howdy, you know, uh, what's, what's the crazy song? I started to say Howdy Doody, but that's not a song. You know, huh? I could, I could get up here and sing Gilligan's Island. Everybody think we had a great service. Just because, just because of natural things. But see, church is not natural, it's spiritual. And so uh, to, to receive from God, we have, to, we have to make sure that natural things don't interfere and don't, and don't cause us to, to fail to receive from God because our church services ought to be dynamic. Now, that doesn't mean that every church service should be the same. It doesn't mean that every service should be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a wild, if you like that, you know, a wild running and shouting. Some people don't like that and they don't want any services like that, but, but some people do, but you know, every service shouldn't be that way. It's not going to be that way. It's not designed by God to be that way. Uh, but every service should be supernatural. There should be that, that dynamic power and anointing and flow from the spirit of God. Well, he's always on. Amen. I said, he is always on, but are we on? Are, is our switch turned on? Is the receptor uh, in a place where, where we can receive the blessing of God? Well, it depends on us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, you know, the first key to getting the most out of church, a particular, any particular church is preparation. Preparation. Uh, don't just come to church. As a, as a habit. Now, 
if you're coming to church only out of habit, don't stop your habit. Keep the habit up. Because along the way, you might get enlightenment, you know, and, and, and be blessed. But it, sh- but it shouldn't be just habit. In other words, it's Sunday, that's what I do. Well, it's Sunday, and that is what we do. But it, sh- it should be more than just something on our, it should be more than routine. It should be something that we prepare for. Isn't that right? And uh, preparation is necessary for everything in life that, uh, uh, that brings benefit. You don't get the benefit out of things if you don't prepare for them. You know, if I was talking about students and, and school. Uh, if you remember when you were in school, a lot of our students aren't here today, you know, the young people and the singles. Uh, but remember when you were in school and you didn't come to class prepared? Huh? What, what, what was the result? Failure. Isn't that right? And, uh, and, and not only that, when you're not prepared, when you, when you didn't come to pre- prepared for class, it created a dread. You know, a, a just, oh, brother. You kind of put it out of your mind until that third period, you know, and it's you know, geometry or whatever, and you didn't prepare, and you're thinking, uh, just let me sit in the back. Teacher, leave me alone. I'll skate by this class. But no, you, th- you know she's going to call on you. He's going to call on you. And so there's that dread. Why? Because you're not prepared. On the other hand, when you've, you know, you've been working on, a, on a mathematics and you finally mastered a particular uh, phase of, of uh, application and you finally got it, it finally clicked you know, in, your, in your brain and you, and you started getting the equation worked out and you did your homework and you were all, man, you came into class, you were just ready. You know, you had great anticipation because it made sense now and it was, it was flowing, it was clicking, you know. And, and so that, that happens in church. Yeah. When you're not prepared, you, you know, you don't really have any enthusiasm for being. You show up, but there's no enthusiasm because you, you haven't prepared yourself. On the other hand, when you've prepared, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I've, I've invested something in this service. Amen. Brother Doug was just telling Pastor Angela a few minutes ago that, uh, uh, that he had prayed for her because on Wednesday night her voice was scratchy. And he thought, you know, she was going to be ministering this morning and she was going to be if I hadn't come home last night. And, uh, and so he prayed for her, for her voice, so her voice would be strong this morning. And see, he had something invested in this service. That, that's part of preparation. He had something invested. Well, when you invest in, in a service before you get there, I, it makes a big deal. I mean, it make, makes a big difference whether, on whether or not you receive. And so uh, preparation is so important. You don't prepare to do a lot of things in life. You don't prepare when you go to the movies, do you? No, you don't prepare. You just get in the car and go. But why? Because you're a spectator. It's just entertainment. Well, church is an entertainment and, and we're not spectators. Amen. And so, uh, <clears throat> and so when it comes to, to preparation, I want you to go over with me well, to, to Hebrews chapter five. Look at verse number 11. Let's start in verse 10. Called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, we, I didn't set this up, you know, as far as the, the uh, uh, context, because it's not really important. He was talking about Melchizedek and he said some things about him. And then it says in verse 11, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. 
He said, we have much to say about Melchizedek, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Notice he didn't say it was hard to explain because it was hard to explain. He didn't say it was hard to explain because I don't really fully understand it myself. He didn't say it was hard to explain because it was deep and mysterious. He said it was hard to, hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. See, preparation will, what preparation for a service does is it causes your heart, your spiritual ears to be open so that you can receive. And it, the minister is able to minister better when people's ears, spiritual ears are open, their spiritual heart is open when they've made preparation. It's easier for the minister to explain and to present the truth when there are, are active receptors sitting in the pew. He said, he said, we have much to say, but it's hard to explain because of your dullness of hearing. Well, you don't want to come to church, you know, and, and be dull in your hearing. Because it, when that happens, it affects what God can say to you. It affects what the minister can say to you. It affects the, the, the utterance and the revelation that can flow from the Spirit of God. Because it can't flow if people aren't receiving. Isn't that right? So he said, it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now notice they had become dull of hearing. So that means at one time their hearing was sharp. At one point in their life, their, their ears were open. At one point in time, their heart was open to the truth and they could absorb it, but they had become dull of hearing. You know, when you were born again, when you first received the Lord Jesus Christ, you did that because you opened your heart. And your spiritual ears. Now, you might not have, have had all of the revelation you have today and all the understanding you have today. But for, the, but for the time and where you were spiritually, you opened your heart. You opened your ears. You heard what the Spirit was saying to you concerning the new birth. Concerning the, the reality of a Savior and the fact that, that Jesus came. That he died on a cross. That he shed his blood to redeem you. To wash you. To give you liberation. And to, and to bring you into his family. You, you were open to that. Your ears were open to that. Well, it's, it's, it's possible for a person to be open at one point, but then over time they become dull of hearing. Well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. What causes that? Well, one thing is the lack of preparation. Not preparing ourselves when we just show up at church, having given, it, having given no thought to it, no, no prayer to it, no attention to it. it uh, what's going to go on in the service hasn't even entered our mind. We haven't given any, uh, any preparation whatsoever. We just show up. Well, don't be surprised if you don't get much. Amen. But people who prepare are the ones that receive. Glory to God. Go with me over to, uh, let's look at Matthew 13. Matthew 13. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Hold your place here. I, I want to read another account of this. Go over, hold your place here in Matthew 13 and go over to 
Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Now, the Lord had spoken to the multitudes. In chapter 4, it says that in verse 1, he began to teach by the sea. Now, notice he began to teach. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by, by parables. And so then it tells us uh, in these verses about the parable. He taught, first of all, about the parable of the sower. He talked about the, uh, the purpose of these parables. He went on to talk about the parable of the growing seed, uh, uh, the mustard seed, and so forth. So he taught them many things in parables. And it says that uh, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all these things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive... And hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, if you just read Matthew's or Mark's version of this, it sounds like God preordained or or predetermined that the, the masses, the multitudes, he taught them in parables so that they wouldn't understand. And that it was not given to them. It was not, it was not in the purpose of God for them to understand. He said, so I, I taught all these things in parables so that seeing they would not see, hearing they would not under, uh, hear and not understand. And it, and it sounds like that God determined that and it was all up to God. But see, uh, if you go over to Matthew's version of this, of this story, go over to Matthew chapter 13. And here the disciples asked, they said, why do you speak to them in parables? This was in verse number 10. Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he answered, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them. Now, notice whether or not they received was not based on God's uh, uh, determination. It was based on something in them. Isn't that right? He said, to them who have something, more will be given. To those who don't have anything, what little they have will be taken away from them. And he said, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do. So it wasn't so they would not see. It was because they did not see. He said, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and you shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. The hearts of this people have grown dull. Their Ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now, 
this multitude came, and if you, if you remember uh, all of the different uh, accounts of Jesus' ministry, most of the time when multitudes came together, they were all healed. You remember those occasions? Multitudes came together, even listed all of the cities and regions, Jerusalem and Judea and, and, and uh, Cappadocia and all the different places, regions that it identifies and said they came to him from every direction, from every quarter and they, they, they heard the word and he healed them all. Well, what was the difference? This crowd showed up and they weren't prepared. They'd made no, prepare, no preparation whatsoever. They just, now it wasn't that they weren't interested. It, it wasn't that, 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 I mean, they had a reason to be there. They didn't just stumble out of bed and show up. This great multitude came together and they came together to him. So it's possible to come and yet not be prepared. It's possible to go through the motion and have some interest, but still not have enough interest to make a difference. They were interested to some degree, but they didn't prepare themselves. The disciples had prepared, the disciples had been around the Lord. They had heard from him in the past. They knew the richness and the wonder and the splendor of the revelation that could come into their lives by the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And so they had whetted their appetite. They came together because they wanted to receive something, but the rest of the crowd, the majority of the crowd came together just uh, maybe you know, just because they'd heard something and maybe they were just going to see what was going to happen that day. You know, a lot of people go to church that, that way today. Well, let's just see what's going to happen. Let's see how anointed the preacher is today. Let's see how good the singers sing today. Let, let's just see what's going to happen. Maybe something will happen today. We'll, we'll just check it out. Well, you know, that kind of, that's not preparation. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, you might pick up a few little uh, tidbits here and there, but you're not going to feast on the good things of the Lord that way. Amen. And so that's what happened to this, th- this crowd. And so if you go back over to Mark chapter four, there's uh, some more insight here. In verse 10, we read this. It says, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. I was reading this. I read this for years and years and years until it didn't. It dawned on me one day that it wasn't just the 12. It says, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. Now, we don't know how many people that, that uh, were around him with the, with the disciples, but it, it, the implication is it wasn't very many people. There was a small crowd around him with the 12. The 12 was with them, but there were other people out of that multitude that stayed around. Why? They were pressing in. They wanted something. They were determined to hear. They were determined to receive. And and what the Lord said to me uh, a number of years ago when I I saw this this for the first time, the Lord said, anybody in that multitude could have been one of those who stayed around with the disciples. When those who were with the disciples asked him, anybody in that crowd could have been one of those. That wasn't an exclusive group. See, the Lord responds to people who are hungry. The Lord responds to people who press in. The Lord responds to people who uh, hang around a little longer, if you would. 
People who, people who know there's some value in the truth and, and they're not satisfied with going through the rituals. They're not satisfied with going through the, you know, just the motions of going to church. They press in because they're determined to hear something. I've been in services before where, uh, you know, when I, before I was a pastor, just whenever I was a, a layman working in the church and, and, you know, I would come to service prepared. I would come to service hungry and I would get something out of that service. And, I, and a lot of times my friends and other people in the church, they say, boy, that was a dull service today. It was just, it was just dull. It just, that was just a, you know, kind of a waste of a service. And I think I just picked up three, three gems, you know, that, that came to me while the pastor was ministering. I mean, the spirit of God just dropped some things in my heart and I received why I'm because I had prepared. Amen. Preparation makes a lot of difference in a church service. I tell you what, you get a church full of people who aren't prepared. It's going to be a long service. Amen. For everybody. But I tell you what, when you come prepared, boy, there's, there's power in the air, in the atmosphere. Amen? Well, how do you prepare? Number one, fellowshipping with the Lord uh, in prayer. You know, just, and, and part of preparation isn't always focused on the service. Part of the preparation for a church service isn't just focused on the church service. We prepare ourselves to receive when we assemble together by our ongoing fellowship with the Lord in prayer. See, prayer and and Bible study should be a regular part of your life. And you, you have to build your day. You have to schedule your day in such a way that you make sure you have time for prayer and Bible study. Now, there are times when things will, will uh, uh, come up and your schedule gets turned upside down and you miss that time. We were on a ski trip this week and I hadn't any intention of being 24 hours getting to West Virginia. That wasn't in my plans. And well, naturally, you know, that, that turns everything upside down and you get to bed at 2.30 and you're supposed to be up at breakfast at 7. And... Uh, and we, didn't, we got there at 2.30, actually about 2.40. We got there at 2.45. Breakfast was 7. Well, I didn't get to sleep till 3.30. And, uh, you know, uh, my prayer and study time suffered. And, and there were a couple of days that it was just all out of sorts and it and just suffered. I just, didn't, I just didn't get it done. But when you're building yourselves up on a regular basis and that's your habit in life, you know, uh, you can maintain that flow when you miss a day just by during the day, just staying conscious of his presence. You know, I didn't spend as much time with you this morning as I usually do and what I need to do. But during the day, I'm just skiing down the slopes, just, you know, under my breath, praying in tongues, you know, and watching out for people and, and uh, <laughs> praying for people. And, and, <laughs> and uh, but just staying mindful of his presence, just, to, just having a praise on your lips, just glory to God, staying in his presence. What that does, it's, it, it keeps you prepared for what he has for you. Because the Spirit of God ministers to us by the inward witness, but through the Word. He speaks to us out of the Word. That, the Word of God is the, is the foundation for the leadings of the Spirit. And whenever you keep yourself built up and you keep yourself in, in fellowship with him through, 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 you know, just reading your Bible every day, praying every day. Now, people, have, I had Bible students ask me, you know, two weeks ago or last, yeah, two weeks ago when we were out there, you know, well, how, you know, how much time do you spend? Uh, one man asked me, he said, how, how much time do you spend in the spirit? 
you know, how much time do you spend praying? And uh, I thought, well, I don't, that's kind of a hard question. I don't have a set time. And, uh, and so I just told him, you know, I said, I just pray in the morning. I pray and I read my Bible and uh, I don't read, I don't read so many chapters in the Bible every day. So, no, sir, develop your own plan. I'm not trying to tell you to do my plan. Develop your own plan. But I found out if I tried to read so many chapters today, you know, I, I'd spend a whole lot of time in Matthew and Luke and, 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 uh, you know, and not get much done. Then I get over in, 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 in uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1st, 3rd, and, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John Jude. I mean, you just read those stuff. I mean, you just read them all, you know, in, in just a short amount of time. So I decided to read a certain amount of time every day. I'm going to dedicate at least this amount of time, and I'm going to read my Bible. And because I'm, I'm a pastor, I don't, you know, I, I have a little more uh, flexibility. I can go longer if I need to. And so I just pray and, and look to my spirit every day and pray in the spirit and get direction for the day. Lord, is there anything I need to know? I just, I just want to be in fellowship with you today so that I know what's going on. I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to not be warned of anything I need to be warned of. You know, last Monday night, we were praying here in, in, uh, in the auditorium on Monday night prayer. And we were praying. And while we were praying, I saw my son. I saw Pastor Greg. Uh, I didn't see him hit the tree. But I, I saw in my spirit that, that it came across on the radios. We all had walkie-talkies. And it came across on the radio. Pastor Greg has hit a tree. And he's not responding. This is serious. And so we, we had to ski over to where he was, and, and, and I had Jack with me, and Jack was crying. Well, is my daddy okay? What, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, you know, Jack, we're just going to have to go see and find out. And, and then that's all, that's, the, it just, that's all I saw. I just saw it just in a split second. And so we, we finished praying. I, I didn't deal with it very much. I thought, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll just see if that's the Holy Ghost. And so I looked in my heart. I didn't get any more direction on it. Well, then I went to bed Monday night and Tuesday morning, four o'clock in the morning, I woke up and right there, it was right there in front of me. When I, when I woke up, I saw it again. Well, you know, I, the spirit of God's dealing with me about this. And so I prayed for that at four o'clock in the morning. And I prayed more when I woke up, uh, you know, later in the morning on Tuesday morning, I prayed about it some more. And then when I saw him Tuesday, I said, Greg, uh, I need to talk to you about your skiing. Because he loves to ski in the trees. And Wayne can tell you, skiing, skiing in the trees has, is, is, has a certain amount of peril involved in it, you know. And especially when you're uh, PG. <laughs> He's a bit of a risk taker. He likes to ski, you know, ski fast. He likes to ski in the trees in the dark. They, they have night skiing and they light the trails. But then the, the wooded areas between the trails are not lit. And he actually likes to ski in those in the shadows. And uh, I've told him, I've talked to him about it. I said, I don't want to raise your children. <laughs> but I told him on, on Tuesday, I said, listen, I saw this. You, you need to, and I prayed about it, but you need to be careful. Well, I, I, we need to be alert to these things. And if we're not in fellowship with the Lord, how, how did that come? It came while I was praying. I wasn't even praying about that. I was praying about the church. And suddenly I saw that. Well, you know, uh, if you stay in fellowship with the Lord, you will be prepared to receive things from the Lord. We miss a lot of things in life and, and things happen and we wonder, well, why didn't the Lord show me that? Well, you, think he, you don't think he wanted to? No, the, the, the fault is on our end. 
when we don't stay prepared. Well, what does that have to do with the church service? Everything. Because when we're prepared, when we prepare ourselves during the week, just by, just by our ordinary prayer and, and spending time with the Lord in, in, in the word, not for church necessarily, but just to fellowship with him, that, that prepares our hearts to receive uh, everything that he wants to, to give us. Isn't that right? And then, of course, there's praying for the service in particular. You know, Doug prayed uh, for Pastor Angela. He was praying for her, you know, because he wanted her to be able to minister and be effective. Well, we should all pray for the service. You don't have to spend an hour in deep supplication and intercession, you know, for the service every day. But during the week at some point, you know, just now, Lord, you know, I'm coming to church Wednesday night. I just pray for that your will will be done in that service, that you'll have your way, that Pastor Angela will be anointed to minister, that that whatever gifts of the Spirit need to operate, whatever uh, uh, workings, whatever you want to do in people's hearts, pray for those services. Well, what does that do? It helps the service, but it helps you. Amen. Uh, it's, it's God's will in church services very often is not accomplished. God has a plan. When we get together and we come to, he's, the, the Bible, t- uh, if you understand the meaning of the church, the local church is not just a body of people who have assembled together. It, the word congregation is a little misleading because people can congregate at a bus stop. That's a congregation. They've assembled at the bus stop. That's a congregation. Well, we're more than a congregation. We are a, a body of believers who have been, who have been uh, drawn together, forming a local church, and when we come together, we are actually being called together. There's, there, there are natural things involved because we have to schedule our lives. So we schedule the times we're going to meet. We schedule to meet at seven, uh, at, on Sunday at a set time or else, you know, it, it would just be chaotic if we didn't have a set time. We'll just we'll have church when everybody gets here. Well, how many knows even when we know the time, half the church won't show up. So, uh, you know, we, we have some organization. There are some natural sides to, to gathering together. But behind it all is we are actually being drawn here. We're actually being called to assemble together. We set the times, but we're res- our, our, the setting of our times, the scheduling of the services, and, and all of the natural preparations of someone coming early and unlocking the doors and having the heat and air on and, and having the grounds picked up and teachers in their classroom. There are things that we set in motion in the natural to accommodate that call of God. We are summoned out of our homes by the Spirit of God to come and meet together. That's why whenever you miss church, if you go on vacation and you're out of service a week or two, when you come back in, oh, it's so refreshing. How many of you experienced that? You say, oh, it's so good to be back in church. Oh, I missed this for a week. What is that? That, that, that longing. That, and, and we're not always conscious of it during the week. We're not always conscious of it. It's not like the, the Lord's got us by the, by the nap of the neck, you know, and he's pulling us to the church. But the desire to be here, the reason we're here is because we're called to be here. Well, if you prepare yourself 
And God can accomplish in us what he wants to accomplish. And he's not able to do that when we're not properly prepared. Praying for staying in fellowship with the Lord. Praying for the service. Praying for the pastor. I talked about that, that last week in the, in, in the other leaders. Utterance. Paul said, pray for me that utterance will be given. If you want the minister to have utterance, you have to pray for him. I thought about the first time I'd ever thought about this was, was just, uh, you know, last week out in the, in the Holy Ghost meeting. We were reading that verse of scripture and I thought to myself, well, if anybody could have, uh, could have drawn up the utterance of God for the people on his own spiritual merit, if there is such a thing, uh, we know there's no, it's, we're, it's unmerited. We understand that. But if anybody could have drawn and produced the utterance out of his own walk with God, it would have been the apostle Paul. Isn't that right? But he said, pray for me that I'll be given utterance so that I can minister the gospel as it ought to be ministered. Well, if Paul needed utterance and I needed prayer to get utterance, how much more do we? Isn't that right? How much more does your pastor need the prayers of the people that he's going to minister to? I have to have that if I'm going to have the utterance. Well, guess what happens when there's no prayer? Little prayer, little utterance. Insincere prayer, little utterance. Well, amen. It's the truth. Say amen if you can. If you can't, say oh me. Still true. Uh, pray, praying for the service. And you can just, you can pray this. Like I said, this doesn't have to be a labored long prayer, but just lift these things up before the Lord. Pray for, for needs to be met in the service. Don't be just so interested in yourself. Be interested in other people. Pray, Father, you know, I just pray that people's needs will be met, that, that people will receive answers. If they're lost people, that they'll be saved. If they're backsliders, they'll come back. If, if people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit or healed or, 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 like I said, answers or ministry about some particular, whatever the needs are in, in the church, I pray that those needs will be met. Makes a big difference. Amen. Preparation. Glory to God. Uh, Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Father. The next thing having to do with uh, the next key for getting the most out of a church service and receiving the most is expectation. Expectation is directly associated with preparation. I said it's exactly and, and specifically and directly associated with preparation, because when you're prepared, when you prepare yourself for things, it creates an expectation. Amen. And guess what? If you don't prepare, you won't expect much. And expectation is where faith comes in. See, we, we, we expect God to do that that we've asked him to do, that we've prayed about, and we've prayed in faith. When you, when you pray in faith for something and you believe you receive it, you're expecting it. You're expecting it to happen. When you pray for a church service and you've, you've prayed during the week, you've stayed in fellowship with the Lord, you've prepared your heart to receive, and then you've also prayed for the service and for other people to receive. I tell you what, I guarantee you, if you don't do this regularly, if you'll start it this week, if you start it this week, it will make a huge difference in your life and in the church. 
If you'll put time, just not a lot of time, but just enough time, you know, to, to, to be serious before the Lord and pray for the service, pray for the pastor, pray for needs to be met, it will. And then do it in faith. Do it in faith. Now, Father, I thank you for that. And what'll happen, you'll come in here Wednesday night. Oh, glory to God. No, I'm just expecting. I, I'm, I just can't wait to see. Well, you know, the, the, I, I'm expecting the, the minister, the past, pastor, or Pastor Angela, just minister in power and authority. I expect the sick to be healed. I expect people to receive blessing and impartations and, and, and wisdom and so forth. I'm just, a, it'll create an expectation in you. And expectation is what drives the manifestation of God's power. Yeah. Expect little, get little. Now, you see, our problem isn't that we, we expect nothing. It's not that we actively expect not to receive anything. It's just that we fail to actively expect something. It, it's, it's the default mode. You're, you will just naturally go that way. You don't have to try to be that way. You'll just naturally not expect but if, you, but if you put a demand on God and really expect God, to, I'm telling you what, God will show up. Amen. And, uh, and, you know, when you do that, you will receive no matter what. Like I said, I've been in services. I learned this from my pastor a number of years ago when I was just young in the Lord. He went on a, a trip to the Holy Land. And, uh, you know, he was just a, a country man. And, uh, you know, grew up in Florida and never, you know, had traveled a whole lot. And I mean, he was a very eloquent man and very knowledgeable and schooled and studied and everything, but he was still just a simple man. And he had an opportunity to go on one of these Holy Land tours, you know, where they go through Jerusalem and, you know, Judea and all these places in Israel and um, see all of the places that Jesus ministered. And there's different tours. You go on some that take you through uh, where Paul ministered in Greece and in and, and, and Asia Minor. And well, he went on one of these tours and I don't know which ones that he, which sites he went to, but all of these tours include usually some time in Europe. And, uh, and so he was in, uh, I think it was in, it was in, was it the Vatican? Or I thought it was France, but anyway, he was somewhere and he was in one of these very storied, you know, uh, cathedrals, one of these real famous ancient cathedrals. Well, you know, um, it's not exactly a Pentecostal setting. And uh, uh, you would think, well, you'd never get anything out of that. And, uh, and so he went through a, a service there. There was a you know, Catholic service and a handful of people. They went through the motions, you know. And when he got back, somebody said, that must have been, whew, that must have been as dead as anything. You know, how'd you survive that at Pentecostal preacher? He said, no. He said, I felt the Spirit of God. He said, I, I, I just sensed God's presence. I was in that, in that big old building and I could just sense the presence of God. Well, it wasn't in the building, it was in him. He went there because he took something with him and he experienced that. I, I didn't learn that lesson so well. A few months ago, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Pastor Greg and, and Steve Morgan and I went to, uh, to South Bend to go to a little Greek class over the weekend. And on Saturday, we went to, to a Catholic service there on the campus of Notre Dame. They've got that cathedral, you know, so we thought we'd slip in. We really didn't intend to go to church, to be honest with you. We just intended to go in and tour the, you know, the cathedral. Well, they were having service. So we went in and sat down, you know, and uh, frankly, I didn't get very much, but I wasn't prepared either. 
See, the difference was my pastor was prepared when he went into that service and he said, I just received so much. I just got so blessed by the Spirit of God. Well, you know, probably most people there didn't get what he got. I'm guessing that they didn't get what, what he received. But he did it because his heart was prepared. Amen. Makes all the difference. Amen. Being prepared and, being, and having expectation. Glory to God. Uh, it's important to believe for the service. It's important to actively put your faith out for the service. God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do this and I'm putting a demand on it with my faith and I thank you, I believe. I, you do that the same way you believe for anything. You know, you, you ask God for things that are his will. If we ask anything according to his will, remember it says in 1 John, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if you know that he hears us, whatever we ask, you know that you have the petitions that you've asked of him. Well, you know it's his will for for ministry to come forward. You know it's his will for needs to be met, for people to be blessed and receive. You know that's his will. Then claim it. You say, I am that, we're going to have it Wednesday night. Glory to God. We're going to have the spirit of God accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have it, God. We're, I just believe it. It's ours. I believe I receive it. Well, that puts a demand on faith. I tell you, God, God moves where people believe. Was it Smith Wigglesworth that said that, that, uh, that God will pass over a million people to find one person that will believe him? Well, you know, we have more than one. Amen. What can we accomplish around here? Now, like I said, every service isn't going to be a deliverance service. Can be just a good teaching service, just good instruction. Well, if that's what the, if that's the will of God, then that's what that's what needs to happen. Well, praise the Lord. That's two of them. Let's close here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness and blessing. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing upon your word. We thank you, Father, for hungry hearts when we assemble together. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.